times they are a changing in the wrestling business a day we thought we would never see hello and welcome to this absolutely fully loaded jam-packed edition of the pipe bomb wrestling podcast a show that is for the fans by the fans i am your phenomenal host mr podcasting chris belcher after a one week absence glad that you are having me back and if you don't like me well my co-host is going to join me here in a second, so that'll give you some relief. But follow me at Chris Belcher 24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast on those platforms. Make sure you're interacting with us. Let us know if you're digging what we're doing. Give us some comments and some feedback about what we are talking about. Let us know if you think we're right or we're wrong. All those kind of things. Uh, it's the best way, again, for us to know if you're digging what we're doing. So at pbw podcast facebook twitter and instagram make sure you are watching along with us on the body slam down that youtube channel hit that subscribe button and the notifications bell send some love over to our boys over at sports wire radio 24 7 coverage of all your sports needs uh, at sportinarium.com forward slash player and don't forget if you're listening on our traditional audio format hit that subscribe button wherever you find your podcast and give us a five-star review now Again, to the star of the show, well, he was last week since I was in my A. Ladies and gentlemen, the young buck, Mr. Andy York, coming to us from an undisclosed location. <laughs> Andy, I got you out of hiding. What's up, man? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, yeah, living the life right now. Uh, no, not really. Just on a work trip and taking time to do this because I can't miss. One, I couldn't miss the SummerSlam pre-show, but then after everything that broke loose last week, I was like, I'm not missing the show. Whether I'm dead or not, I will be on this show one way or another. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I had to miss last week for some reasons, and then we thought that Andy was going to be gone this week, and then I get a text the other day. It was like, dude, I got you. I'm, I'll, I'll be on there. Well, it is literally, Andy, quite possibly the biggest show that we've ever done. We've mm-hmm. done some shows where we've talked. I mean, Triple H unexpectedly retired. We did a big show on that. Scott Hall died unexpectedly. We did a big show on that. Cody Rhodes became a free agent. We did a, a breaking news live show on that. As big as those shows were, nothing compares to what we're about to talk about. Before we get there, though, um, we do need to acknowledge the other companies that are in the wrestling world. This show is going to be mostly <laughs> WWE y'all. I mean, it just is the second biggest show of the year is on the horizon this weekend. We're going to preview SummerSlam and then a change in power that none of us really ever thought we would see. We got to talk about all that. So Andy, that being said, give me one thing that really stood out to you. AEW, I know ring of honor had a big pay-per-view this weekend, new Japan, GCW, those shows are coming up this weekend in Nashville. Rick Flair's last match is coming up in Nashville this weekend. It's going to be a party, but give me one thing that jumped out to you this week. Yeah, the one thing I have to bring up is uh, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view was absolutely amazing, kind of like we all kind of figured it would be from a wrestling perspective. Um, starting off the show with Claudio becoming the new Ring of Honor world champion. I Wait, they it's started a, the show? It started the show. It started oh the show because the, the main event was FTR versus the Briscoes, too. Oh, that makes sense. Um, okay. But yeah, that started off the show. Claudio won. I believe, I may be wrong, but I believe that's his first ever world championship. I was that. Right. So that's right. a huge deal. Um, I'm pretty sure making the leap to AEW was a good decision for him because they have, with a lot of guys that have jumped ship, it's taken a little while, but for him, he's been inserted in and been pushed right up 
almost as much, if not more, than Brian Danielson and Adam Cole in a weird way. Um, and so he he is really this. He's one of the guys that this jump has benefited immensely. And he didn't have a bad run in WWE, but this is just this is his people. This is his crowd, and it's it's absolutely true. And then how could I not talk about FTR and the Briscoes? I mean, it was as brutal and as beautiful as any tag team wrestling match could ever be. I honestly, I loved every second. The promo that Dax cut on Wednesday, last Wednesday when I talked about, which I don't know if you got to see it or not. Um, I where did he not, said he was but I heard fight, about it. Where he yeah, said he was going to fight like an eight-year-old girl. I teared up watching the promo, watching him wrestle, and afterwards and everything else. It's just, I know we have our different opinions about the best tag team of all time, but it's honestly in my opinion, not even close that FTR is the best tag team of just, of this generation right now, because they are, they are just doing things that nobody else is really doing right now. So I, I love the match itself. The Briscoe, I give FTR a lot of credit. The Briscoes deserve a lot of credit too. I think they're, the Briscoes are one of those tag teams that they don't get a lot of the respect that they deserve because yes, mm-hmm. they're known for having great buck matches with the bucks and with uh, FTR, but they've had some other great matches as well. They're a great tag team. So both of those two teams are just, top of their game and it was just absolutely amazing i'll never make the argument to you that ftr is not one of if not the best in the world yeah like it, it yeah. would be dumb for me to argue that fact <laughs> right my opinion is certainly they're one of two but i'll give right. the slight edge to the other ones the usos that's only because i'm a wwe shill if I wasn't such a, and I admit that a hundred percent, I don't care. Right, right. If I wasn't such a WWE shill, I can see myself going the other way. Right. But it just seems like to me that every time we get on this podcast and you say that FTR is the best tag team in the world, and I'm sitting here by the end of the show, I'm like, I got Andy's right. I mean, <laughs> he's right. And then I turn on Raw or SmackDown, and the Usos yeah. do something to change my mind. You know? Yeah. So it's it's like that for me. Honestly, like, you know, and everybody knows how big of a Young Bucks fan I am. And I right. think I think when the Young Bucks are are at the top of their game, they're one of the hardest tag teams to jump ahead of because they're just sure. when they're doing everything right, everything's working perfect. But right now, man, this year has been the year of the Usos and FTR. And yep. honestly, they're two of the best tag I think they're two of the best tag teams of all time. I think both of them sure. are. I think FTR is a tag team that should not work in this day and age and they work amazing. And yep, so that's perfect. one of my things is like they they're the, they're the one tag team that I could think of that could have wrestled in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s and now in the 2020s. They could have they could wrestle across that span and fit in where whichever generation they were in. So that that's that's part of the reason why I give them that edge is that they've been able to preserve this style for so long and make it relevant and interesting every single time they do it. They're they're amazing in the ring, but they're also amazing storytellers. And that really comes across. Well, I was getting getting ready to say you almost took the words out of my mouth. The reason that they could wrestle in all of those decades is because good wrestling is good wrestling no matter how you yep. slice it. Doesn't yep. matter. And those guys know exactly what they're doing. Yep. So the fundamentals of wrestling is always the same. It's the the flashy stuff you put on top of it and the stories that you tell on top of it, that's what makes the, the different decades interesting. But at the end of the day, good wrestling is good wrestling. Great tag wrestling is great tag wrestling, and FTR could fit right in with any of them. 
and they and they know how to. Sorry, I'm going to get off my FTR soapbox. I could talk about FTR for. I could do I a know whole podcast. You could. About FTR. <laughs> um, but one of the th- like one of the things that really interests me about them as well is they don't try to force their style in any direction. They honestly can wrestle almost any style. I feel like they yep. could go to GCW and be just as brutal there, and it would work. And then sure. go wrestle, you know, Rock and Roll Express and do like a. 80s classic wrestling match and it would work so like i feel like they could wrestle any style or just it they're not going to force their style on someone else right and one of the reasons this is their year like you said and you could make the same argument for the usos is that both of those teams are doing some of the best if not the best work they've ever done as a tag team yeah but they're also doing it in a singles capacity <laughs> yeah. all yeah. four yeah. of them you know, I'm not saying that Jimmy and Jay could go out there and out-wrestle Dax because right now, not too many people in the wrestling world are out-wrestling no, Dax no. in the singles or tag division. But Jimmy and Jay have had over the last, I guess, if you count PWI calendar year with Jimmy mm-hmm. and Jay and their main events with Roman and all that kind of stuff, um, they've done some incredible things. Yeah. In the singles capacity as well. So they're about to do yeah. some incredible things at SummerSlam too. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But my one thing from AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, all that stuff this week is Brian Danielson is back in the ring. We saw that last night as you're listening to this on Thursday tonight as we're recording. We saw that on Dynamite. We're going to get more into that next week. Um, so be prepared for that next week. But Brian Danielson back in the ring. Uh, he lost the match, but that doesn't matter. The fact is he is back in the ring. Yep. He's cleared to go. And that was the biggest scare from wrestling fans I know. So Brian is back, and, and that's that that's great for me. I'm, yep. I'm more than thrilled for that. And I don't know how much Tony Khan is trying to keep – not that he's trying to keep AEW fans hopeful, but he said in a statement a couple – I believe a couple days ago that AEW is almost back to – not full roster, but a lot of their top guys are almost back because Punk's almost back, Danielson's back. I believe Adam Cole is almost back at some point soon. Yeah. Um, and then the the rumor mill right now is that Kenny Omega is is coming back pretty back. soon. So yep. you know, it seems like we weathered the forbidden door injury bug that we had, and it seems right. like we're starting to to come out on the other side of it. So you know, seeing him back, I it's good to see him back. Let's just hope he stays right. back for a long time. Not to go too far off the rails, but I did read some discouraging reports about the return of CM Punk. Um, mm-hmm. I read some things about him being at San Diego Comic-Con and how much he was struggling uh, with walking. And basically, yeah. he's having to learn how to rewalk, walk again, rather. Yeah. And, you know, those kind of things. So I'm sure all that is standard procedure for the surgery and the recovery that he had to have but yeah uh from what i read and what i gathered it did not look super promising but that doesn't mean that he's not hey in two months when all out rolls around he might come back then i'm just saying it's not gonna happen in the next like four weeks he's plus he's i feel confident that he's not gonna (laughs) be wrestling at all out let's put it that way no yeah, yeah i think he i think there's a good chance he shows up but I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't wrestle again until whatever the pay per view is after All Out. Like his first match back may be so full the gear after. So 
I think full, full year, gear. Yeah. yeah, full gear is November. Revolution, and then Revolution is, February. is February. So I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if his first yeah. like official match back is at full gear, but that he shows up at All Out and sets something up for that. Um, and you know, I understand like he he probably was struggling to get around and having to. Yep. you know, learn to walk with the injury and everything else. But also if you've ever been to a Comic-Con and it, like, especially San Diego Comic-Con, the normal person is going to be walking weird. Anyway. So that, yep. that, that could <laughs> definitely play a factor into it. That is a good point. That's true. All right. Uh, we need to transition. We need to move on to the WWE because there is a <laughs> lot to get to so much. Buckle your seatbelts, folks. It's like the folks. world just broke down in the last week. Listen, Friday, the biggest possible news in wrestling history drops. I'm just going to say it's the biggest possible news ever drops on Friday. And then on Monday, we get very big news in regards to that. This just means we need a show every single day. Like in order for us to cover everything we need to cover, we need a show every day. And the way we do that yeah. is through listener support. So drum up the interest. Let's go like, subscribe, share all those things. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't believe in curses to be completely honest, but I, I listened to another wrestling podcast as well. And they record on Thursday drop on Fridays. And they're like, our, our podcast is cursed because every time we record something and get ready to release it, it's already out of date because something new breaks on Friday. So I feel like we were in the same boat of like, as soon as we record an episode and upload it, I look at Twitter and like, oh, the wrestling world is burning today. I don't understand what is happening. <laughs> I mean, this has happened a lot recently. I think it happened with Sasha Banks. I think it's happened yeah. with, you know, Vince and Triple H and uh, Stephanie McMahon and happened with her and just all this craziness. Um. Yeah. But Friday, we learn that Vince McMahon has voluntarily, whether he was pushed really, really hard or not, <laughs> has voluntarily resigned as the CEO of WWE. Andy, I never thought I would see the day when Vince was the one that tapped out. I honestly, I thought... He would be the one guy that would his last day in WWE would be his last day on earth. Like I yep. thought that is the direction he was going to be. Like I thought that's the the way he was going to go. Um, I think it's very telling that he voluntarily stepped down. Uh -huh. I think it's very telling that he retired on his on voluntarily retired. <laughs> I'll I'll put it in air quotes because right. I'm sure. I'm sure it was voluntary at the end, but I'm sure there was a lot of people telling him this is probably the time like this. This is, I don't think you're going to weather this storm, right. um, which, you know, I hate speculating, but pure speculation may mean, cause we've already started to see some stuff come out this just post retirement. I'm sure there might be some other stuff that comes out and that he just had to kind of walk away, step down. I, I tweeted out a couple weeks ago that, Vince literally built the world of wrestling that we know mm -hmm. and love today. Mm -hmm. And while I appreciate him for that, and I'm thankful for that, the best thing for him, the best thing for WWE was for him to step down. Yep. Whether that would be in everything, what just step down because at that, at this point before the <clears> retirement, <throat> at this point, everything that kept coming out was just, 
burying more dirt and more dirt and more dirt. And so I think this is the perfect yep. time to start clean, start fresh. Um, I'm sure, I mean, he didn't give up his sharehold position. So I'm sure he's still going to have, yeah, his opinion is still going to be shared. Yes. How much of his opinion is listened to is a different discussion. His opinion is still going to be shared, but I just, I still can't believe that this has happened. Um, If this would have happened 10 years ago, honestly, I may have cried tears of joy because I was begging for this, like for him to just walk away because of everything. Um, It's definitely bittersweet, but I think it's honestly the best thing for Vince and for the company. Like I can't imagine my wrestling world without Vince McMahon. Yeah. Especially growing up during the Monday Night Wars, like that just baffles my brain. Yeah. To not have Vince McMahon. So, like you said, from that perspective, number one, thank you, Vince, for everything that you've given to the wrestling business and for building this global phenomenon that we still share to this day, taking a chance on buying your father's company in 1982 and then hedging all your bets on wrestlemania and we're headed towards wrestlemania 39 you know what i mean so yeah um i can't say enough of how appreciative i am for everything that he's done for the wrestling business but at the same time like you said for everything else that has come out and all of this other information it's hard to feel sorry for the human being if yep. this is if if all of this does come out to be a hundred percent true, mm-hmm. it's it's really hard. And and like you said, we don't like to really speculate a whole lot on this podcast, especially when it comes to personal issues. Right. Um, but we're a wrestling news podcast and we have to bring up the news. <laughs> and the news right now is it does not look good for Vince McMahon. And him mm-hmm. voluntarily retiring just proves that in my opinion. Um, But then we saw, we saw the announcement that Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan are the co-CEOs of the WWE. Stephanie opened up SmackDown on Friday. She got emotional and it was great to see the fans. Thank Vince immediately before she even prompted them. So that was really cool that fans haven't totally soured on Vince's legacy in the WWE. I was afraid that, you know, even if they pop Vince out there, you know, either Friday night or on Monday on Raw, they would just get booed all over and, you know, whatever. But I'm glad wrestling fans were able to show their appreciation. I think it de- <laughs> I think it depended on the location that the SmackDown or Raw was taking place in. That's true. Um, I, think if he- I think if Vince showed up at MSG on Monday or Madison Square Garden on Monday, I think he would have got pretty booed. Um, you think so? And I think, I think so. And I think if he, I think it'd have been a dead set if he was in Chicago, he wouldn't have got a word in. He would have been right. booed out of the. But he got he got booed whether he was out there or not. And in, in Chicago, anyway, Chicago fans hate right. Vince McMahon anyway. So that's true. Yeah, I, 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 I'm glad. I'm glad that he's getting the respect for the business he built. Um, it's just it. It's one of those things that it's hard for me. Sometimes it's hard for us to separate the art from the artist. Right. And it's very hard to do that sometimes. And it's very it's very tricky to do that sometimes. So, you know, I'm I'm glad that he wasn't the one out there. I think honestly, I think Stephanie being one of the CEOs of the company is brilliant. Yep. I think she I think she's enough like Vince 
that she's not going to let anyone push her around. Right. And she's going to be the boss and she's going to take care of things. Nick Khan, I'm very unsure about. I don't, <laughs> I've said this before, I don't trust Nick Khan with anything. Right. Um, but Stephanie, I feel like Stephanie's not going to do anything to ruin the company. She's done a lot of great stuff for the company. I feel like it, it's going to continue. Um, right. And so, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what she's going to offer. But then, obviously, I'm very excited to see what her husband is going to bring to the table as well. Because we found out that her husband, on Monday, on Friday, we found out that he was taking over talent relations. Okay. Johnny Ace is gone. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah, Johnny Ace is, his his departure was very quiet, and that's fine. But the Triple H is taking over talent relations. We found that out on Friday. Then the rumors started swirling about, (laughs) well, Vince is gone, so what's going to happen? And one of the rumors, and this is why, I think I texted you this today, Mm -hmm. was this is one of the reasons why I don't believe half the stuff that's on the internet. You can't, because crap gets fed to writers intentionally so that they'll print it and they'll be wrong. One of the rumors that was floated around was that, okay, who's going to take over creative? One of the rumors was it can't be Triple H because there's too much stress on him for his pacemaker and his heart issues and talent relations is stressful enough and there's no way they'll put him in creative and blah, blah. Well, guess what? Monday morning rolls around. Who's the head of creative? Triple H. Yeah. As he absolutely should be. I I think having Triple H as talent relations and as creative is brilliant because he obviously we have seen the pure genius of NXT black and gold. That was everything. He, his whole baby was that thing. And it became more popular than any, and then anyone ever would have imagined. And the creative and the reason because of that was the storytelling and the wrestling and everything else that it was, Mm -hmm. it was known for. And so I'm I am so excited to see what he's going to do. Honestly, I think the fact that he one of the biggest downfalls for WWE over the last couple of years is their stubbornness to change. Mm-hmm. Like they like they it seemed like I'm not going to speculate, but it seemed like Vince and Creative, like Bruce Prichard and all them, sometimes went out of their way to do something that was completely different than than what fans wanted just to kind of be like, you know, here you go. Like, we're just going to, we're going to mess with you. We're going to do this. And I don't feel like Triple H is going to do that in a lot of ways. Um, And there's a difference between like giving the fans what they want and storytelling to give the fans what they want. And so I think that's, that's really important to to distinguish that. I, I think it's, I think it's brilliant to have him do both. I think honest, like obviously, you know, from, reports that I've heard there have been a lot of free agents that have come out to these media people saying yeah like not like I would be I would be open to go to WWE WWE because Triple H is there or a lot of guys that have left a lot of people that have left would say yeah I would go back now because Triple H is there and so I think it's going to be very exciting um I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with I think I don't know if he produced Raw I don't know if he was the head creative overall or if it was already done and then he takes over for SmackDown and SummerSlam or if his first official show is going to be SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And I'm excited. It's not going to be anything breathtaking, I think, right away. But I think when we get to Survivor Series and Rumble season, we're going to, we're all going to look back at this and say, wow, this was, 
this was a good this is a good thing that this has happened. I think you could see Triple H's fingerprints on Raw. I don't know that it was yeah. totally all him, but them starting Raw with a brawl between Miz and Logan Paul already in progress when the show comes on the air. We haven't seen that and I couldn't tell you how long. So yeah. to me, that was Triple H. Uh, I don't yep. know that for sure. Again, we're speculating, but uh, happy birthday to Triple H on the day of us recording this, by the way. <laughs> um, but I, I, like you, am very intrigued by what he is going to bring to the table. Now, look, yep. Triple H is not always going to make the right decisions. Let's just be honest. There are people in the industry that do not like Triple H for one reason or another. But there are more people than not that hold that man in incredibly high regards, think the world of that man and who would come back for him. And I'm referring to guys and I'll say, I'll say names. I don't care. Johnny Gargano Mm -hmm. is the first name that comes to my mind as the people who would come back. Uh, Especially since he was sure fire headed to AEW, it seemed like, and now Mm, might be pumping the brakes a little bit not so sure bray wyatt there's another Mm -hmm. one that could come back and i'll tell you one that i think is coming back a lot sooner rather than later and that's sasha banks i think triple h made that phone call and i wouldn't be shocked to see her show up at SummerSlam. if yeah i think i honestly i think her i think her and naomi both i wouldn't be shocked if they both came back Maybe at SummerSlam, maybe, you know, in the very near future, I could see, I could definitely see Sasha come back. Um, obviously, like one of the big names has been, flo- one of the two of the big names have been floating around is like Adam Cole and Malachi Black. Obviously, I wouldn't be shocked if they go back, but we also need to realize it's not going to happen anytime soon because right. I think Adam Cole is under a five year deal with AEW yes. and he hasn't even had a full year yet. And Malachi Black, I think, is five or six years as well. So it's going to, yep. I wouldn't be shocked if they go back. It's just going to be some time. Um, another name I thought of was Karrion Cross. Like, I think I could see Karrion Cross yeah. show back up and we get the actual Karrion Cross that we enjoyed in NXT. Um, you know, someone like a, a, I don't know how long he's in contract in AEW, Samoa Joe. I could see Samoa Joe come back, mm-hmm. maybe not wrestling, but I could see him come back in a backstage role sure. at, at some point as well. Um, and that's something else. That's something (laughs) else. Commentary would be great, right? That's something else we didn't mention, man. Is what the backstage personnel is going to look like now? Because there are a lot of people back there that I'm sure wouldn't be Triple H's first choices to be there. Now I don't know his feelings for sure on each and every individual person, but you have to think that he's going to make some changes from that perspective as well. So not only will the show look different in the ring or who's in the ring, but as far as the presentation of the show, that might, that might change at some point, which, you know, being a WWE purist and being a WWE, I don't want to say shill, but as someone who's used to what WWE looks like, I'm not going to say it's a good or a bad thing. We just might be in for a lot more aesthetic changes than we realize. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be abrupt. I think no, it's going to be either. a very slow transition in that. I, you know, I don't, I don't know for sure. I wouldn't be shocked 
if we get to the Rumble season and Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn both are no longer in WWE. Um, Kevin Dunn, I've been asking for that for a while because we don't need 30 camera cuts in a five-second segment. Um, I will say this. I will say this. <laughs> I did watch Raw. There mm. were less camera cuts than normal. There were, but in the I main event, that. there was... I, I Still a lot. To be yeah. fair, to be... Well, I'll say this because... I didn't get to watch Raw all the way through because of work. I got to watch the main event, and in the main event, one of the first things I noticed was like, we've had 50 cuts in like two seconds, man. we got to slow down a little bit here. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I think we're going to get some slow changes. I think – and that's what I meant by – I think this is the perfect time to start fresh everywhere in the company. I think he's going to keep the guys that he wants to keep. Obviously, I think Shawn Michaels is going to stay – because I think Sean's like one of the head guys, if not the head guy in charge of NXT 2.0 yes. right now. Yep. I think he he'll, is. I think he'll stay there. Um, yeah, or I could see him pull double duty and being part of the main roster and being part of, part of that. Um, I think he'll bring his guys in. Um, and I think he will, I think we'll start to see the change at SummerSlam. I think we'll start to notice. It's kind of like when Paul Heyman took over creative for a little bit mm-hmm. and we were like, not everything was different, but there were a couple segments where, like, I could definitely see Paul Heyman's fingerprints all over yep. this, and so yep, I think that, sure. I think we're going to see that. Speaking of Paul Heyman and uh, backstage personnel, don't be surprised if Mr. Heyman gets a big role in this oh. new regime. Be- and I say that because WWE is currently holding open tryouts in Nashville right mm-hmm. now as part of SummerSlam weekend. And there were some pictures floating around today of what all that looked like. And a video. And if you look at the table, evaluating the talent that was on the stage, Triple H was sitting right in the center. And who was sitting beside of him? Paul Heyman. So to me, that says Paul Heyman is, I'm not going to say he's about to get a big promotion because I don't know exactly what his involvement is right now. Paul right. Heyman is about to be have a big footprint in this new regime, I think. And I think Paul Heyman has proven himself over the years of being yes, a has. guy that can see talent. I mean, you know, you know how big of a CM Punk fan I am, and there wouldn't have been a CM Punk in WWE if it wasn't for Paul Heyman. I mean, CM like ECW CM Punk is because of Paul Heyman. So like, sure. I I. Paul Heyman obviously saw a lot in punk. He's seen a lot in a lot of different people that he has pushed. I think him and like, I think he pushed for like Sasha Banks and a couple other people as like, he has pushed. I mean, you can even go back further than that. You can go back further than that. He pushed for the Malenko's and the Guerrero's and the Benoit's and the Mick Foley's and the Chris Jericho's and RVD's and all those guys pushed for all of them. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think he's going to be the guy that can see a talent and Triple H is going to be, and if Paul Heyman comes to him and says, "Hey, there's this guy, there's there's this kid over there, that's a mate, like he's got something special. Why don't you go take a look?" I don't think Triple H is going to ignore that no. <laughs> that call to go look. So no I way. I think you're right. I think Paul Heyman's going to have a big role in it. Um, hopefully that means we get to keep AJ Styles around because obviously there's not there's a lot of love <laughs> lost between Paul Heyman and AJ Styles. Um, but I, you know, I, I think Paul Heyman will have a big time role at some point and you know, why wouldn't he, he's, he's one of the best minds in wrestling. And so you definitely want to have him on your staff, on your team. A couple other things I've got in my notes here about this whole situation before we preview SummerSlam. Um, first thing is man, 
think about the rise of Triple H, like where he started. He started on a contract in 1993, I want to say, in Mm -hmm. WCW, where Eric Bischoff offered him $52,000 a year to wrestle in WCW. That is $1,000 per week. Now, that might sound like a lot to some people, but when a wrestler is an independent contractor, you have to pay your own taxes, you have to pay your own insurance, you got to pay all your own expenses. So not much is to be said there. Well, Bischoff offered him a two-year deal for $52,000 per year. Triple H said, I want one. Bischoff said, why? And Triple H said, because either at the end of one year, you're going to realize that I'm worth more than $52,000 a year and you're going to pay me more, or you're going to realize that I'm not and you can get rid of me. Well, guess what? At the end of that one year, he was he was in the door in the WWF, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. But yep. through all the crap that he had to go through, man, through the curtain call, and then his relationship on and off with China, and then on and off with Stephanie, and then getting married and getting chastised for marrying the boss's daughter, and then the COO and chastised for that, blah, blah, blah. Now look at him. Yeah. And all the health issues that he went through this past year and – Man, what a time to be Triple H. I think I think there's a lot of people that and I can understand why they don't respect Triple H as the wrestler. Yep. For a lot of things. But Triple H as the COO and as the creative guy and all of this stuff honestly is so like it, it's it's you have to respect him for what he does and for his yep. mind and for everything he does. Honestly, one of the best minds in wrestling today, one of the best, you know, he just understands and he sees he sees when wrestling changes and he adapts to that while keeping sure the things that like keeping the old school style around at the same time. And he, he doesn't abandon everything. He mixes everything. And I think that is so important. Um, I will say the first thing I thought of, because obviously, if you listen to the podcast last week, I was very adamant about how dumb i think it is that you have someone like aj styles on your roster and he's not on SummerSlam. well then mm-hmm. this whole thing with seth rollins i've been saying for a while that seth rollins yes he's been in big time feuds hasn't won a single match in any of them <laughs> it feels like in forever uh the first show that was produced under triple h who was the last person you saw on tv was seth yep. rollins i think yep. seth rollins is about to become one of the biggest faces of this company um and I'm very excited to see that happen. So I, I'm very excited to see what Triple H is going to do. I'm very excited to see the direction it, it's going in. I think this is the one of the first times in a long time that I have been, I don't want to say just excited, but I have been hopeful that things are going to change and that things are going to consistently stay better. WWE has done some great things over the last couple of years, but consistently being good has not always been their strong suit. They'll put on great pay-per-views and then week to week is a drag to get through. And then sometimes it's reverse of like the week to week has been pretty decent. The pay-per-view is, <laughs> I think everybody fell asleep in the pay-per-view because nobody knew what was going on. Right. Um, and so I'm excited to see the consistency that's going to come out of this. And, you know, also one of the a, a interview that Triple H did a couple years ago with Stone Cold on his podcast on the network. One of the things that he said that if he had the chance to change anything about Raw, He'd go back to two hours. And so 
I'm hoping we can get back to the two-hour raw at some point, and yeah. maybe we'll start to see some changes kind of come from there as well. So I'm excited. I'm hopeful, and I think you know, while it's a weird time, I think it's everything is looking up for WWE right now. Well, it's just so weird to look at it from that perspective because for the first time since 1982, think about that. 19, that's 40 years. First yeah. time in 40 years, the landscape of WWE not only is wide open, it's unknown. Yeah. I mean, we all know what Triple H did with NXT. Can you do that with a global phenomenon that is WWE? Like, I'm not right. saying that he's not capable of it, but we're in this weird state of unknown. Like, will yeah. that work on a global platform? Can somebody other than Vince McMahon, I'm not, and I'm not saying that everything he did was right or wrong or whatever, right. but can somebody else lead this humongous entity and take it to new heights, even bigger than what it is now? You know, yeah. can it's just it's unknown at this point. It is. But what it really what, is. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I was just going to say what is known is that we are truly. I don't know this storyline played out in the Attitude Era, but we are truly in the McMahon Helmsley era, and I think that is amazing <laughs> that we are truly there. It has come to life. It's awesome. And I and it. I think that's why I think it's so great that Stephanie. Yes is in the CEO and because Triple H is in creative because who's the two people that have been by Vince's side for the last 15, 20 years, really? Yep. Has been Stephanie and, and, and Triple H. Yep. So I think right. I think Stephanie not that Triple H can't I think Stephanie handles the business side. Yes. And Triple H handles the which, wrestling side. Which Triple H can handle the business side, but right, it's great right. that his wife can handle it so he doesn't have to. And I do focus, see it. like I think uh, one of the one of the issues well not issues, but one of the things about Vince is he was the head guy and he was being pulled in like forty directions at once. Sure. This kind of frees up to where Stephanie can focus one person can focus on business, one person can focus on the wrestling. And they obviously they're going to communicate, they're going to yep. talk back and forth, but their focus, their main focus, can be on their strong suit. Right. Because like, I, if the roles were reversed, I don't want Stephanie in charge of creative. Like, not right. that she can't do it, but like, I would, I would rather have Triple H. So having him be in charge of creative, her being in charge of the business aspect, you know, I think it, I think it works perfectly. And a lot of people would would maybe draw a comparison to to WCW or whoever in the fact that we don't know who the boss is if more than one person is running the show or whatever. I think you can right. still have a buck stops here type yep. management style, but have it in a different way. The same way that a lot of people were saying, oh, man, creative is such a, uh, such a tough job. I don't know how he's going to do that and talent relations. Well, first of all, I think talent relations will end up going to somebody else. I don't know who, don't know what that looks like, but I do think that might go to somebody else. But the creative process can now be whatever he wants it to be. It does yeah. not have to be this 3 a.m. meeting and, you know, work out two hours of sleep. We're back up and we're meeting at eight again. No, it can be this strategic thing where we know what's happening. We're not going to rip the script up two hours before the show starts. Like, yeah. We can have this planned out. We can change the style, make it whatever we want. Yeah. I do think it's very interesting that you brought up someone else could be in talent relations because the first person that 
popped in my mind when you said that was Paul Heyman. I could easily see Paul Heyman being kind of the talent relations guy. Yeah. Same way that Jim Ross was the talent relations guy when he was still commentary, but he was also he was also doing that. Um I yeah, I think I think we're gonna see a lot of things change. I don't think we're gonna get as many T V writers coming in to be the writers. I think we're gonna get Yep, I agree. Actual wrestling writers to be the writers, which wrestling writers in wrestling, who would have thought that would be such a nuanced idea? And that um, being said, if anybody from WWE is listening to this podcast, check out PBWF every Monday, <laughs> wherever you find your podcast, where Andy and I write our own storylines and stuff, and then come hire us so that we can write the shows. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and you know, Triple <laughs> H, I, I, I book you in my show anyway, Triple H, so you know, you can see how well I book you in that. I know. would book him in my show if I could have drafted him. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> I, um, steal him. I know you did. I would be remiss if I didn't mention this before we moved on. I got to play devil's advocate for a minute. Uh-oh. You mentioned earlier that Vince still has his majority ownership by a long shot. Mm-hmm. Like it ain't even close as to who is number two, as far as a, I think it's class B stock or whatever. Anyway, he still has that majority share. There's still a McMahon in charge in WWE, that family is still in power. So it's not like it's totally going away. You mentioned right. earlier that his opinions are probably still getting heard. I'm sure he's making phone calls to Bruce Pritchard and, and his daughter and stuff all the time. If all this stuff, first of all, do we think he's truly retired? Like, I know we put out the statement. And I know all this. Do we think he's truly retired? And the other side of that to continue is if all this stuff does get settled and it's all done and he's cleared or whatever, uh, very unlikely, but he's cleared easily come back, you know? Yeah. I, I think if one, if it's all not real, I don't want to say work. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's all not real. I truly do think he stepped away but, but retired. I think I think right. if he played I think if he played retired and then come back, I think that hurts his image more than helps his image. I and I think I he I think it's gonna get way worse if he does that. Um right. by doing that. I think oh, I, I don't I don't know. I think if he does come back or like let's say five, six years pass and everything's kind of settled and watering the bridge or whatever. I don't know. I don't think he does, honestly, because I think one who knows he may enjoy the retired life. I highly doubt it. He seems like the kind of guy that will drive him insane. Yeah, there's no that. way that the man is sitting on a beach with a book right now. Like it's that's no. not no, 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 no. We no. we all know that. <laughs> um, he may sleep for like two years though <laughs> to make up for all the time he's not slept, bro. But I, too. but I I don't I don't think he does come back because I think one I think if WWE is going to be in the shape that I think it's in during this time. I think he is smart enough to see, oh, the business is thriving without me. And so I don't need to come back. I wouldn't be shocked if he tries to purchase the XFL from The Rock and tries to do something with that. My but I don't, I don't think he will come back. I don't think, honestly, at this point, and if everything goes as smoothly, I don't think, because, yes, he's still a shareholder, but the board still decides a lot of the stuff like sure. that. And so I don't think they would bring him back in 
as the CEO. You know what I mean? So I, I, mm-hmm. I feel like that is going to play a big part of it as well. And we still, I mean, like we said before, him retiring in the first place or just to hide for a little bit till this all goes away means that I, it doesn't mean, but it, it possibly means that there's more stuff coming out soon. Yeah. And sure. so I, I feel like if there is more stuff and it keeps piling on, I think from that point on, I think he's done. Just, yeah, that's not something that you can recover from. I don't yeah. know. You know, it's, it's, again, it's just hard for me to see Vince McMahon like retired, retired. You know, he's not just yeah. sitting on his couch and twiddling his thumbs or whatever. So, uh, but that being said, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more stuff that comes out about all this. I'm sure that uh, we're going to, like we've said, we're going to see some changes, whatever that looks like, <laughs> positive, negative, or indifferent. We're going to be here to talk about it. Here on the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, make sure you follow us at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button wherever you find your podcast and on the BodySlam.net YouTube channel. I know they would appreciate it, and we would as well. My name is Chris Belcher. If you're just now checking us out, thanks for dropping in on our current product show. Uh, this is my co-host, Mr. Andy York. I could not do this show without. And, man, let's get to it. SummerSlam. I thought this was going to be an entire SummerSlam preview show. At least that's what we <laughs> talked about before last Friday. Um, and here we are, 45 minutes in. We haven't talked about SummerSlam yet. So, SummerSlam. This Saturday at Nissan Stadium. Probably going to be soaked in the rain, Andy. It's not looking good for us. Uh, bring your poncho. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, for real. It won't be as bad as that Titans game that you went to against the Dolphins, but yeah, it won't be 30 degrees. That's true. But bring your ponchos. If you're coming to Nashville and you're listening to us, bring your ponchos because it is going to rain. However, if you don't like the weather in Tennessee, wait 10 or 15 minutes and it'll probably change. And that is most certainly going to happen on Saturday as well. In the meantime, as long as it doesn't thunderstorm, SummerSlam is going to happen. Uh, let's run down the card. Uh, number one, man, let me, can I just say, I work downtown Nashville. I work in the CMT building in downtown Nashville. We have a green room area where we have two of those humongous screens where you can take the channel and split it up into four TVs or, you know, whatever. We have two of those in our green room, have a bunch of couches, arcade games, whatever. That room has a perfect view of Nissan Stadium. I can look out the window. I texted you the picture. Mm -hmm. That's where I see Nissan Stadium. It has been killing me all week long (laughs) that this show is not happening like right now. Like I need this to happen (laughs) right now. I texted you the picture this morning. I passed by the Wild Horse Saloon and they have put up the Superstore stuff and all this. I'm just... It's got to get here. I literally have to see it every day. And I'm like, can it just be Saturday night? <laughs> um, <laughs> that being said, <laughs> let's run through the card. Let's give our thoughts and then let's give some predictions. Man, let's start with the main event. I know you haven't been looking forward to it. I know that it's Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar part. I don't know how many. <laughs> I know we've got the wrinkle of Austin Theory and the Money in the Bank briefcase. So let me ask you about that. How do you feel now with Triple H being in charge? Do, do you feel still uneasy about theory? Do you have a better feeling about it? What's your thoughts on this whole situation now that creative direction might be shifting a little bit? Yeah, I feel I feel better 
Um, I'm not going to say it's 100% out of the possibility. Um, I just feel like it's not as likely now. Um, I <laughs> Honestly, I wish this... If this was, if I knew this was going to happen during this time, I would have begged for it to happen before Money in the Bank, so that we didn't have to put the briefcase on theory. Because I feel like if right. Triple H was in charge, it would not have been on theory. There would have been some other directions it would have gone in. Um, I feel like I feel like Theory is going to fake a cash in. I do too. Like he's going to try to cash in, and then maybe Sami Zayn gets involved, takes him out. Um, Maybe I don't know. Seth Rollins runs down, takes him out. Something like that's going to. I think somebody yeah. takes him out, or just Roman no. just flat. Yeah, I was going to say Roman and the Usos take him out. Yeah, and then he stands in the ring, and then the Rock music's hit, and then we all freak out. Um, but you know, I I I still don't. Here's the thing about SummerSlam. The SummerSlam to me is the weirdest show I've ever experienced in my life because of the fact that one, I'm going to be there in person. From a build perspective, I do not care that much about SummerSlam. But I'm so intrigued by SummerSlam because of everything that has not happened in the ring, but everything that has happened outside of the ring that I'm so excited for SummerSlam. So honestly, I I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I think that's the fun of it is you don't really know what's going to happen at this point because somebody else is in charge. So I think we're going to see Theory try to cash in. Um, and then maybe Brock stops and maybe Roman stops him. Something like that will, will happen. I agree. I mean, I, I really do. Like, I, th- I think a fake cash in or something like that, it will, this will prolong a little bit longer now. Yeah. Like, before everything had happened with Vince and with Triple H, I would have said, I would have probably said 85 to 90%. Oh, absolutely. Theories cash in at the end of SummerSlam. Now, I'm not as sure. However, wrestling logic would tell you that when we're they're trying to make you forget about it and trying to think, oh, it's not gonna happen, it's not gonna happen, then it does happen. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But I think some sort of fake cash in or beat him down before he cashes in, I think that is more likely. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I hit I you with know. another scenario that I wouldn't be shocked if it happened either, is if theory does cash in but fails. At SummerSlam. I see. I think there is a five or less percent chance, no matter if it's at SummerSlam or not, that that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't think at this point with everything that's happened, I don't think Theory successfully cashes in. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. I don't, I, I think if Vince was still in charge, I think it would not, I think it would be, oh, Theory is absolutely, like I was saying Theory is absolutely going to cash in and become the champion at some point. But as of right now, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Um, but you know, who knows? I could be completely wrong. You could be right. And the fact that like, oh yeah, you forgot about him being money in the bank or there's no way it's going to happen. Brock absolutely destroys Roman or Brock beats Roman barely. Brock's barely able to stand up and theory beats him. So I, we've seen where do things happen? See, I think after thinking about it, this is why I think I'd, I think Theory will not cash in at SummerSlam because these are the two golden gooses in WWE that you're not going to beat. The only one, that's why they're having this match again, is the only one that can beat the other one is the other one. And that's the scenario that we have been presented with. So I just don't think that they're going to have Theory beat one of them. And if they, I mean, they already knew Cody was going to be injured, and I'm sure at Money in the Bank they knew 
they were going Brock Roman again. Yes. Because I think Brock came back the week before Money in the Bank. So that was already established that it was going to happen. And the story was there to tell itself with Seth Rollins winning the Money in the Bank again. Because remember, the greatest cash-in of all time, in my opinion, Michael Cole's greatest call of all time, in my opinion, one of the greatest calls. Uh, we could re- we could have revisited that right here. Could you imagine mm-hmm. both guys are down and all of a sudden you hear Seth Rollins' music hit and he comes running out with Money in the Bank briefcase. How electric that place would have gone again. Yep. The guy that did it at WrestleMania is now doing it at like the biggest show in the summer to do it again to the same two guys who did it to in the first place. I mean, right. it all just kind of wrote, wrote itself. So honestly, don't be shocked if Seth Rollins gets that Money in the Bank briefcase some way, somehow. And he's the one that carries it around and does cash in at some point as well. Speaking of Seth Rollins, you mentioned it earlier. He was the last person that we saw on Monday Night Raw. Um, he had a face-to-face encounter with Roman Reigns before he attacked Riddle. It's there. Yeah. Like you just said, it's it's there. I don't know what, who, what, when, whatever. It's there yeah. for them to revisit. Or they wouldn't have done again. Everything's yeah. intentional. There's meaning yeah. behind everything. That would not have happened if it, it wasn't still there. You know what I mean? And honestly, like, I know I'm not the biggest Brock Roman fan. Like, I love both those guys separate together, fighting each other as whatever. Right. But I I was more excited. And I was like, I need to see this match, right? Like, I need to see this match Saturday instead of the Brock Roman one. When Seth and Roman were face-to-face, mm-hmm. I was like, this, this absolutely should have been the main event because – the two guys that haven't been in the same ring since the Rumble, right? Rumble, yep. Like, the fact that they haven't been in the same ring together and they have more energy from the crowd than Brock Roman have had and when they're face-to-face should tell somebody something that this should be the next big feud that we have. You know, maybe at the next Saudi show, maybe at the Rumble, maybe wherever. Don't waste it We need to rebuild that. This 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 match, I've said it for a long time, and I'm going to keep saying it until it happens, has WrestleMania written all over it. Yeah, Roman it Reigns and Seth Rollins WrestleMania, like it's right there. Just do it. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned the the reactions for Roman and Brock at least together. Well, separately, let me just say that on SmackDown, when everybody thought again, believing everything they read on the internet, that Brock Lesnar walked out. And he wasn't showing up. And then, oh my gosh, we're going to get Goldberg because Brock Lesnar walked out. He's not going to be at SummerSlam. No. I'm not saying he didn't walk out, but he walked right back in at the end of SmackDown, and that place went nuts when he came out and he beat up Theory. And then Monday, when Roman was on Raw, and he has his interaction with Theory, the place goes ballistic. There, but I've never seen Roman get cheered that loud as he did in Madison Square Garden. And yep. then to top it off, he has the line of the night when he <laughs> tells Austin Theory, your daddy's not here anymore. And then the crowd chants, who's your daddy, multiple times to yep. Roman Reigns and Austin Theory. Um, I don't know, man. I feel way better about what's happened on the last couple of shows about this main event heading into Saturday. Couple yeah. that with the fact it's going to be a last man standing match. It might not be more than 15 minutes long, but these two guys are going to beat the tar out of each other. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to I mean, I think the the match itself is going to be enjoyable to watch 
because I think they're going to try to do something different. And I, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they fought all over the place. We saw, sure. we've seen, we've seen Roman Reigns fight all over the stadium before with Baron Corbin and with um, Kevin. Owens. I mean, he hit Kevin. He hit Kevin Owens with a, a golf cart. So, like, That's if he true. hits Brock Lesnar with a golf cart, I'm all for that. I'm that. That would get a huge pop out of me. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think the match itself is going to be fine. I think it's, I think it's going to get a reaction. I think both, I think the crowd's going to pop for both guys coming out because it's Roman Reigns, it's Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that aspect of it. I just, I know there are other directions we could have gone into that are m- more intriguing than this, but I don't <laughs> think this is going to be a complete and total wash at the same time. Right. I agree. I totally agree. We mentioned Seth Rollins earlier. Apparently, Seth Rollins' scheduled match with Matt Riddle is not happening on SummerSlam now. Apparently, Riddle has suffered an injury, and this match is not going to happen at SummerSlam. Well, um, Rollins sent a big tweet out apologizing to fans who had bought tickets for SummerSlam to see him, which were two of them. So thank Um, you, Seth, for (laughs) apologizing. We appreciate that. Um, and then in that whole apology, Triple H responds and says, I hear you. So that tells me we're going to see Seth Rollins in some form or fashion at SummerSlam. The question is, what happens? I don't know. <laughs> so two things came to mind immediately when I saw Triple H, when I saw that this was happening, but also when I saw Triple H respond, because Triple H isn't going to respond to not set something up at SummerSlam. Like that, that again, like we said earlier, everything yeah. has meaning. Yeah. And so the two things popped into my mind. The one I'm gonna mention is the, the first one I'm gonna mention is most likely. The second one is not as likely, but if it happens, I sure all of us are gonna freak out. The first one is he shows up at the end of the night in some capacity to challenge Roman Reigns for the title, or he shows up somewhere in the card to do something to somebody like he, he sets mm-hmm. something up or he comes out to cut a promo riddles, music hits. He comes out. I feel like that would be more of a waste of an appearance for him. I feel like he's going to have something of substance. Okay. So what I also, what I was thinking was maybe Seth Rollins starts off SummerSlam the way that he kind of came out at takeover in San Antonio. Sure. Remember where he kind of held the show hostage yep. and said, the show show show's called Take Over, right? Well, I'm taking over until you come out here, blah blah blah, whatever. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's gonna come out there and say something of the fact of like, I'm not leaving until I get a re- until I wrestle here. So like somebody's right. gonna come out here, somebody's gonna fight me. Well, then I got to thinking two names popped in my mind right away. Three names popped in my mind right away. First one was Edge. I could see Edge kind of answering it. Maybe we run that match back. SummerSlam mm-hmm. last year. We're all about SummerSlam rematches, apparently, because Yep. Brock Roman, Becky Bianca, Seth Edge. I could see that happening. Okay. The two others, if it happens, I'll freak. Johnny Gargano, mm. because he's already going to be in Nashville. We already know he's going to be in Nashville. He is. That is correct. And Bray Wyatt, because I think The Fiend and Seth Rollins have some unfinished business after their Hell in a Cell fiasco. So I could see all of this happening. I'm not getting my hopes up, because I know if it doesn't happen, I'll be a little disappointed. But... I could see him having having something to that effect. Yep. At some Me too. Me too. But I had two uh, two completely other names. I would be yeah. happy with either of those two, but I had two different ones. My first scenario 
And I love the fact Rollins starting out SummerSlam, home the show hostage, whatever. I think Riddle comes out. Riddle says, I can't wrestle. But Randy Orton comes back. And we get Rollins and Orton at SummerSlam. That would be good. The other one that I thought of is John Cena. Yeah. But here... I see where you're. I see where. I see where I'm coming from with all of these. My only problem is if any of these five names come out, Rollins, has Seth to Rollins is not winning. And I see. I, I disagree. I disagree because I think he can beat Cena, and it's fine. And I yeah, think he I think can beat, beat Edge. He can beat Orton too, because yeah. even though it's Orton's first match back, if we're truly setting up Rollins and Riddle down the road, he needs to beat Orton. What about this? I. I'm not, I'm not beat, saying this might even be. He can't beat Johnny and he can't beat Bray. Those are the two no, he can't No, beat. no, no. Those are the two that, and he can't beat this other one if they showed up miraculously. Could you imagine if Seth Rollins is out there cutting that promo oh, no. and Cody Rhodes comes back out? <laughs> <laughs> one, I would just love to see Seth's reaction to his music yep. hitting again at SummerSlam. I, I don't think it would happen, but that would be hilarious if that, I mean, Cody did come out. If he did come out, what if he did come out with his arm in a sling and he introduces whoever Seth's opponent is, just for him to come out and be like, "I'm, I'm come on, you Seth," you know that kind of. Yeah. What What if he introduced MJF? No, no, (laughs) no, no. Could you Could you imagine though the pop that he would get as soon as he came out? It would be insane. That would be a huge, huge shot yeah. across the plane to AEW. Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely. a huge blow to them <laughs> if that happens. I just I think I think Seth is gonna do something of substance, something of note at SummerSlam. I agree. Um and we could be wrong. We could we he could come out there and Derek Henry come out there and just stiff arm him or something. Oh, I, bro, I, I, I would I would be totally <laughs> fine with that too. That'd be great. Or Taylor Lewan puts him through a table or something. Yes. Honestly, I think Taylor Lewan's going to get involved in the. I could see Taylor Lewan getting in involved the in match. the McAfee match at some yep. point. Yep, me too. But I, I, I think you could see. I think I just think Seth is going to do something of substance. I agree. At SummerSlam, at least I'm hoping that happens. Yep, I totally agree. All right, let's run down the rest of the card a little bit here. We are going long on time, so thanks you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, give us your feedback at PBW Podcast. Give us your predictions. We're going to run ours down here in just a minute. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan for the SmackDown Women's Championship. You talked about last week how you think that there's a good chance the honeymoon is over for Liv Morgan um, and that Ronda, that you hope not, but that, that Ronda takes the title back. I think this is a scenario where, I mean, I'm going to ask this question later, so I'm sort of answering my own questions. It's going to be a, a, a very likely spot that if Sasha Banks were to come back that mm-hmm. she shows up here maybe it's more mm-hmm. likely for Becky Bianca a little bit later uh good chance Charlotte we didn't even mention Charlotte I mean that's that's an easy one to come yeah. back but as in terms of Ronda and Liv man I don't know what to expect with this match I've never been huge on either one of their in-ring abilities if I'm being honest um so for that, I'm not really excited about this. Yeah, I I don't know. This one this one is the one that I'm 
now I'm still most scared of because yeah, you know I I I think one of the things that really concerned me is it took like a month or three weeks for Liv Morgan to even get her side plates on the title. So like to me that was that was kind of concerning that she just had no side plates on her ti- on the title. And um, I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like Liv. There's a good chance Liv does walk away with the win. And I feel like mm. we do move on from Liv, from Ronda. Ronda can do feuds without the title. She can go feud with Shayna Baszler. Like that would be interesting. She could go feud with. Why have we never seen that? Like that's perfect. That's yeah. She could go feud with Lacey Evans. Like she could go feud with some with some different people without needing the title. Man, Lacey would be that. perfect too. That's a good call. That'd be perfect. Um, and I think Liv, like Liv, could win. And then at the end of the match, you could have Charlotte come out. We have Charlotte live, and then all the fans can fear again <laughs> that she may lose the title to someone like Charlotte or, Liv- or Ronda because we're just going to keep running that through. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Liv more than likely. I like Liv's chances now more than I did last week for obvious reasons. But I think I think they're starting to kind of they see how popular Liv is as champion. I mean, every time she shows up on screen, yep. the crowd goes crazy. Big so and I think they're going to ride. I think they're going to ride that for a while. I would like to think so too. I've been on this podcast numerous times and saying that I'm just not a big fan of Liv Morgan, the same as I am with Bianca Belair. I'm just not, but I do respect their popularity and I do mm-hmm. respect them as champions. So I do think it's the best move for WWE to continue with Liv as champion because losing the title hurts her way more in this situation yep. than it would if she had held it for six, eight months and then dropped it to Ronda. You know, yeah. losing it in three weeks to Ronda, like, okay, now we got some issues, you know. Yeah. So I think that hurts her more in the long run. So um, I'm, I'm with you on that. The other women's match, we mentioned it just a minute ago, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Rematch from last year's SummerSlam, rematch from this past WrestleMania, uh, rematch from whatever the pay-per-view was after SummerSlam last year, which is a barn burner of a match, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um Becky Bianca, man, I do you feel like this is a thing where not that they forgot about Bianca's match for the pay-per-view, but it was kind of like, well, we had something else planned and that really didn't work out. So I guess we got to throw Becky Lynch back in it. I think it was one of those of maybe Rhea not being able to be uh, there for a couple of weeks. Oh, that's true. Kind of yeah. threw a wrench into things because I don't think they they may not have known when Rhea was going to show back up. Or like True. when she was going to be healthy enough to show up again. So, I think if she showed up after Money in the Bank or was right after Money in the Bank, I think we would be getting Rhea Bianca at mm-hmm. SummerSlam. However, and I know I harped on Roman Brock, but I'm actually lo- really looking forward to Becky Bianca because, yes, SummerSlam last year, I remember my reaction. I still think my reaction was somewhat valid. Um, (laughs) but I remember my reaction and I remember the moment, like you remember that moment, the match after the, like the pay-per-view after a barn burner, we were in the building for WrestleMania 38, the, one of the best matches of the night. And they were on the same card with Seth and Cody and their match was like, just maybe not as good, but it was like, it was, it was was one A and one B. Yeah. And the same night as, as Austin and, we still remember Becky Bianca very vividly. So like they, sure. they tore the house down. And honestly, I think they, I could see this show. I could see this match starting off the night as well. Like I could yep, see this starting off. You could start off with Becky's music, start off with Bianca, have Bianca get the win. If she's going to win. Um, 
and the, like the crowd's gonna go ha- happy crazy yep. you know if you want to bring sasha out you can but I, this is one like this match there are a handful of matches i'm really looking forward to and this one i think could potentially be the match of the night oh i 100 believe it well i'm not gonna say 100 percent. i'm 50 50 on this and one other one that we're gonna get to in yeah. a minute for match of the yeah. night for sure um a cool thing for monday night raw in relation to this match that we didn't mention earlier is the fact that Alexa bliss was kind of promo backstage. She looks right at the camera and says, whoever wins that title, I'm coming mm-hmm. for you because she's, she's, she's going to reprove herself in the women's division. And listen, either one of these ladies against Alexa bliss, man, yeah. sign me up. I don't think we've seen Alexa Bianca yet. Have we? And the last, the last time we saw Alexa uh, Becky was when Alexa took the women's title off of Becky in the tables match Mm -hmm. at TLC in 2016. Yeah, which by the way, going back because you're you said another name. I honestly, I don't think Charlotte. I wouldn't be shocked if Charlotte shows up at the end of Live Ronda. I think Bailey shows up at the end of Live Ronda. Oh Um, yeah. Or I think Charlotte comes out. Charlotte and Liv are looking at each other. Bailey's music hits, and then Bailey, Bailey comes out, and then could yeah. you imagine Sasha's music hits, and Sasha comes out, and we have like that. Bro. That would be pretty epic. But I, I, yeah, I think. I mean, you Alexa could do it at the, the next... you could do it at the end of this match though, and then you would have yeah. all four horsewomen in the ring at the same time if you did yeah. it here. Which, if Sasha does come back, that match needs to happen immediately yes. because that's one of the biggest how did they not do this at WrestleMania? I have with the shield. Like how was there never a triple threat for the world title and the main event of WrestleMania with the shield? Same thing with the four horsewomen. Um, but I, I, I think Alexa being the number one contender for either Bianca or Becky is brilliant way to go because yep. if Becky's the, if Becky's going to be the heel, Alexa can be a great baby face against Becky. If mm-hmm. Bianca's going to be the baby face, we heel Alexa bliss is my favorite. Yep. And so if we get like little Miss Bliss back heel version full on, I'm all for it. Um if she does come out, I that's the whole thing though, is like if she's there and if for some reason the fiend is there, like that whole connection could still be there. It could True. be it could be very interesting to see that. But I'm I'm I I'm excited to see Alexa Bliss kind of finally be put back in the spotlight yep. where she absolutely belongs. I agree. Uh, the other match that is contender for match of the night, and I know you agree with this as well, the Street Profits and the Usos. This match is going to be insane. And then you throw Jeff yep. Jarrett into the mix. Like, I'm still, you know how big of a fan I am of Jeff Jarrett. And if anybody <laughs> out there that's listening to this podcast doesn't know how big of a fan I am of Jeff Jarrett, go check out the PBWF and see how Jeff Jarrett's being booked <laughs> on the Revolution brand. Just saying. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, Jeff Jarrett is still, I get it's the hometown business choice or whatever, but I still just don't know what part he's going to play in all this. I don't know if there's going to be, I don't know. I don't know. It, I said it last week, storyline perspective, Jeff Jarrett being added to this match makes zero sense. Sure. It makes absolutely no sense. Business perspective, complete 100% sense. Like he's... Yeah. We're in Jeff Jarrett's hometown. All of it makes sense. Jeff, and I, I mean this in a good way. So I'm going to say it first, and then I will explain. 
My only concern about this match is Jeff Jarrett being in it because I feel like if you add somebody like Jeff Jarrett to it, it could take away from the match itself. I agree with that. Um, and so I, I, I think the match is still going to be great. I think it's going to be fantastic. I, I, because of the fact that Jeff Jarrett is involved, I don't think it's going to be as good as their Money in the Bank match. Mm-hmm. Um, however, somebody's getting hit with a guitar, and I'm looking forward to whoever's getting hit with a guitar. I, I think the prime person to be hit with that guitar is Sami Zayn. I think he gets involved somehow <laughs> in this match, and Jeff Jarrett just hits him upside the head. Could you imagine, though? Could you imagine if Ric Flair jumped the guardrail and attacked oh, Jeff Jarrett? Oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> that would be so good if that happened. Like, and then... If, if, Rick, if Flair jumps the guardrail and attacks Jeff Jarrett, I promise to the people of StarCast right now, I will buy a ticket and will be there Sunday night if that happens. So definitely have happened, Flair do that. If Flair jumps the guardrail and attacks Jeff Jarrett and he ends up being the one getting smashed with the guitar and just left in a bloody mess, like that would... <laughs> That would be the icing on the cake hey, for me. Triple H is now in charge of creative, and we obviously know the relationship Triple H and Ric Flair have. So true. If, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. That is true. Uh, moving on, we mentioned Austin Theory earlier. He is challenging Bobby Lashley in a rematch for the United States Championship. If this match is as good as their Money in the Bank match, this will be a sneaky one that people will yeah. want to pay attention to, I think. The placement of this match will tell us a lot, and the outcome yes. of this match Very will tell important. us a lot. Yep. If it's the second match of the night and Theory loses, Look there's out. a good chance he's showing up. Just watch for him to show up at the end. If it's a little later on, or if Theory wins at all, I don't think he really cashes in. Because I think I... they let him run that, that t- with the U.S. title for a little bit. He'll lose it again, and then... Then he goes after the cash in. I, I think even if he wins the title, though, he could still show up and fake cash in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that could that could happen. I just mean if he wins the title, the chances of him cashing in that night are immediately extremely, yes. extremely. I'm not going to say zero, but like we're talking extremely single digits <laughs> percentage. Um, but right. if it's second match of the night and he loses pretty quickly, I think there's a good chance he shows up later on. Right. Um. Another match that you have expressed some excitement about, I'm still on, ah, I'm not sure, is The Miz and Logan Paul. Um, we had a couple of pull-aparts with these guys on Monday Night Raw the other night, and it did not convince me to like this match. I'm not looking <laughs> forward to this. And you know I'm a big Miz fan. I just, yeah, I can't get into this, man. I... First off, if you haven't seen Champa's promo that he cut, I believe it was so, like exclusive social on Raw media. Talk or yeah, yeah, amazing. Yep, absolutely amazing. He's talking he's about fingerprints reason, of Triple H on the first night. There's he's another, another reason why I'm so excited. Triple H is now involved because I feel like guys yep. like him are going to get the push that they deserve. Yep, I you know I, I'm I'm excited for this because of the fact that one, the Miz is in there and the Miz is going to take care of Logan Paul and at least. The Miz is going to make him look like a million bucks, sure like, the, like the Miz can do. And, you know, they they had a great tag team match. My only concern is it being a singles match. How mm-hmm. Tag team and singles are going to be completely different. I don't, I don't think it's going to be very long. Um, I think it's going to be com- very overbooked, <laughs> I think. I think Ciampa gets involved. I could see Styles getting involved. I could I was, see... I was just getting ready to say, is, is there a scenario where... 
those two guys get involved, and this ends up being a tag match. I could see it. Um, now, <laughs> let me just throw this out there. What if Miz and Ciampa take out AJ at some point during SummerSlam? And AJ or Miz and Chopper in the ring. Logan Paul comes out. They start beating down on him. Adam Pierce comes out and says, "No, no, no, we're not doing this here at SummerSlam. I have picked you an opponent, or we have picked the uh, somebody has showed up to help, or something like that." And Johnny Gargano's music hits. Could you imagine Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa standing face to face, SummerSlam? that itself excites me. That that You're trying to get happen. me over the moon about this show. Oh, right? I am. You're really I trying am. to raise my expectations, aren't you? I am. I have, I have, I don't expect any of this to happen. Right. If one of these things happen, I am going to be thrilled. And we but haven't I, even mentioned the rock yet. <laughs> oh, well, I mentioned him. I mentioned him a little bit. Um, I threw him in a little bit. But I, you know, I and I, I think the chances of that are like point zero 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 one. Like I don't, oh, I, I really don't believe Johnny Gargano is going to show up at SummerSlam. No, I, I just, I, I don't believe it. But if he did, that'd be the perfect spot to throw him in there. Well, but I, I could know, see man. this becoming a tag match. You know, I don't know because AJ Styles on Monday Night Raw seems to have a new tag team partner in Dolph Ziggler, which is a team I didn't know that I wanted, but I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy with. So yep. you, this could turn into a six-man where it's AJ, Dolph, and Logan Paul against Miz, Champa, and I don't Theory. know. No, you can't have Theory in three matches on the show if you have him involved in Money in the Bank. <laughs> I mean, you could. If Vince was in charge, he would, but, you know. Jake just... Paul. There you go. Jake, Jake Paul shows up. Jake so Paul we have shows. Logan Paul, we have AJ Styles, we have Ziggler versus Logan Paul. Miz, <laughs> oh, my and... gosh. He's going to show up at some point. You know he's going to he's going to I think be he in the WWE. Too. I mean this this would also be a perfect spot to get like Taylor Wan involved or oh, absolutely. you know that kind of thing. Absolutely. Uh, we'll get to that one in a minute though. Uh, a match that was announced on Monday Night Raw: No Holds Barred tag team match between the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest against Ray and Dominic Mysterio. First of all, before we break down this match, congratulations to Ray Mysterio, twenty years in the WWE, Andy. I was watching his debut live. I remember it <laughs> like it was yesterday. Now I say that yeah. to say, I don't remember who he wrestled, but what right. I do remember was the, the vignettes where he had the contacts where it was all white and he had the little black dots and he was mm-hmm. wearing all red that night. The biggest thing was there was a cage match at the end of the night. I think it was between edge and Kurt angle. Don't remember for sure. There was a big pull apart in the cage and Ray comes out and does a huge dive off the top of the cage. And that was his first night on SmackDown. I remember his debut watching it live. So it was incredible. 20 years, Ray Mysterio in the WWE, one of the greatest, if not the greatest luchador of all time. The greatest little big man of all time. (laughs) No doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. No. Ray and Dominic against Balor and Priest. This could be fun. Um, This is also where another return possibility could happen. Yeah, we talked about it before. Like, we were running down the card before we hit record. And when you mentioned this, I was like, "This this has Edge written all over it. Sure does. Like, Edge comes in, spears both of them. One, two, three, we're done. Something like that. Um, 
I think or, I, I wouldn't or, be shocked if Edge comes up. I was going to say, could Edge come out and attack the Mysterios? And Judgment Day is complete again. It wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make any sense for that to happen, though. I, I don't think. Because it just makes the it makes the Finn Balor turn pointless. I think it's um, possible. Yep, possible. And so I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. I could right. definitely see it happening. I just don't think it makes. I don't think it makes the most sense out of everything that they they could do with it. It gives um, substance to Judgment Day, in my opinion, but it's just it does. It it, it does, but and Judgment Day needs something of substance quickly. Yes. Um, but I think this is I, I think the only reason why Judgment Day is on this card is to get Edge involved yep. somehow. Yep. Somehow. I agree. Let me tell you, we talk about moments where we're all gonna go crazy and we're all gonna remember when that freaking rated R superstar music hits, mm-hmm. you will not be able to contain me. I'm just no. gonna tell you right now. <laughs> You'll have your Cody it, Rhodes moment. <laughs> it will be insane. Get ready. Yeah. When yeah, that music I'm, hits. I'm, I have yet to experience this will That's really true. Date me. That's I have true. yet to experience that music live. Oh man. I have never experienced that music live. I didn't go to my first wrestling show until the raw one of the raws before WrestleMania thirty two. Right. And so he had already retired by that point. He had, he doesn't show up very often. I have yet to hear that music live. And yes, it was cool to see his entrance at WrestleMania, but part of me was upset that I didn't get to hear the you think you know me. And then you hear the music hit. Yeah. And like one of my one of my one of my buddies lives in uh Texas and he was at the Rumble that he came back. And so he was like to hear that music live was amazing. So I'm to hear that I music live after 9 years unexpectedly. Oh, yeah. 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 oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, but to like to hear that music at some point in my life needs to occur so saturday night it better happen (laughs) of all the matches that we have just run down we have run down almost the whole card but there is one match left that i can safely say without a doubt that your two hosts here on the pipe bomb wrestling podcast (laughs) are looking forward to the absolute most of anything on this card and that is our boy pat mcafee taking on happy corbin one-on-one pat mcafee has become the ultimate part-timer for WWE, and i love it i think it's fantastic he gets in the ring at the big pay-per-views and and he's gonna be in the rumble next year i can guarantee you that right now pat mcafee's in the rumble pat mcafee is the best part of smackdown the last couple of weeks yes like with it and it's not even really close like first off i believe it was this it was this yeah it was this past friday where corbin jumped him from the crowd First off, Corbin kicked a hole through his chest. He kicked yes, him is. hard in the chest. And McAfee running back there, coming back out, cutting that promo. I mean, the dude just gets it. Yep. I am so – this is the match that I am the most looking forward to. From a technical perspective, it's probably not going to be anything to write home about. It's the match I'm going to have the most fun watching. Yep. And I don't think there's any way that Corbin beats him. I think McAfee gets the win, gets it clean, and – we have some fun afterwards with somebody or something's going to happen, but I, I am, I am looking forward to that. And we, we've talked about returns and I was going to pose the returns question at the end, but we've ran through so many of something funny. <laughs> Could you imagine if Rick Boogs came back 
at the, you talk about having fun at the end. Nakamura oh. and Boogs at the end, or the or they come out and they play McAfee to the ring or something like. And Boogs didn't get I, physical, but like that happened. Yeah, that would be that would be cool. I would be a little honest though. I'm excited to hear McAfee's music because that was like one of the best parts of WrestleMania 38 was his music hitting and the whole I crowd. Hope, I hope that he comes out to that. And the reason I say that is because when Michael Cole introduced him a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown. He came out to the SmackDown theme song. I think it's because the like the right step music costs so much they don't want to play it on the weeklies, but they'll play it true. for the big because they that's his that's his walkout song when he comes out before the show starts. Is they right. play that song and he comes out. So I think right. I think the only reason why they didn't play it then is because it would it, it would cost TV. him like <laughs> five million dollars or some, more than that just to play that song or something right. like that. So I, I think you. we'll get it at I think we'll get it at SummerSlam. I think they hold that off for the big shows. Which I I'm, hope so. It adds more to it. It makes it fun. I totally hope so. Uh, my buddy Zach that I work with made this funny comment. I'm giving him credit. Shout out to Zach for this. Uh, you never thought that you would see two former Indianapolis Colts players wrestling each other, <laughs> not playing football, but wrestling yeah. each other in the middle of the Titans stadium. Yeah. How funny is that? And one of them is going to be the most popular guy <laughs> on the entire show. Absolutely. 110%. Because when they, like when they come to Nashville and he talks like he, no one from Nashville remember he pl- remembers he plays for the Colts. Like nobody yeah. remember that he played for the Colts. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's Pat McAfee. We love Pat McAfee." So, right, yeah, I, I it's going to be a lot of fun. If I honestly, Mac- I expect Corbin to cut a promo beforehand about the Titans, to like run down the Titans or something. And that's and where I wouldn't we be get, shocked. That's where we. Well, get I wouldn't be shocked in the entrance. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be shocked on the entrance though if McAfee comes out with Derrick Henry, Taylor one. Ryan Tannehill, maybe. Even you know. Mike Vrabel? Oh, I could absolutely see Vrabel right. dropping an elbow on somebody. I could see him doing something for I love, sure. I would love for Vrabel to get involved. That'd be awesome. <laughs> i tell you what, though. if Ma- I don't think Corbin would do this. He might. But if McAfee was the heel in this situation, you better oh, he'd believe he'd be, he'd be wearing his culture jersey to the ring. Absolutely. You better absolutely. believe he would. And I wouldn't be shocked. Like I don't think I don't think Corbin will because no, it wouldn't either. obviously McAfee played for the Colts. It wouldn't make sense. But I I I could see him doing something like that. Yep. I could All see right. him wearing a Bengals jersey. Oh, I would be so come out mad. in a Joe Burrow jersey. I could see that. I would be so freaking mad. Yeah. Because I remember NXT show when he was still on the NXT show here in Nashville, right after the Patriots beat the Titans in the playoffs, he came out in a Tom Brady jersey. And like the booze he got and everything were massive. So I could see I could see him doing that. Ridiculous. All right, let's run back the card. Let's give some predictions. Let's rapid fire these. We are going long. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, we're gonna run down our predictions, but let us know what you think at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, Andy. Uh rapid fire on these the Mysterios against the Judgment Day. Uh, what do you think happens? Uh I think the Mysterios get the win at the end of it, and then either Edge returns because of a beatdown or Dominic turns on Ray, and then Edge returns. I agree with both of those scenarios. I think that's the only way to go, <laughs> but I do think... I, however, I will say that I think Judgment Day gets the win, but it could be because Dom turns on Ray, or they just right. beat them down at the end of the match. I think Judgment Day, though, gets the win here. 
Um, Miz and Logan Paul. Uh, Logan Paul has to win this. Yep. I think Logan Paul absolutely wins this. Um, because I think he's he's obviously going to be there for a while to do some other stuff. So I think he mm-hmm. gets this win here. Miz can afford to lose. It it doesn't yeah. Yeah. that doesn't hurt him. Uh, Ronda Rousey, Liv Morgan. I'm going with Liv. I think Liv's going to get it done. Um, I think she wins by a roll up again. Yeah. Uh, or something to that fashion. I hope she pins her clean because if she pins her clean, that would boost her even more. But I, I think at the end of the day, Liv gets the win. I'm really on the fence about this one. <laughs> I, th- I think you're right, though. I think Liv wins. And I think it's clean, though. I think it's absolutely. I think she hits the whatever her finisher move is called. I don't remember. Oblivion. Yeah. Oblivion. Yep. I think she hits Oblivion one, two, three. I, yep. I, I'm just going to go with that. Theory and Lashley for the U.S. title. I think Theory loses quickly. I think Lashley destroys him and gets the pin and then sets up stuff later on the night. Okay. I think Lashley wins, but it's not quick. But I do think Lashley still comes out with the U.S. title. I think there's a bigger chance now Last week, if you'd have asked me this, I would have said Lashley 100%. Now, right. I think it's more like a 60-40, but I think Theory yeah. could get that U.S. title back. And like you said earlier, we have a little realm with the title and the money in the bank briefcase. Yeah. Um, Becky Bianca, part, what is this, four? Three, four, four. I, I think count the four. summer. I count the SummerSlam 2021 match because I was there, so I got it. <laughs> Fine, four for you, three for me. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I think I think Bianca gets the win again because I like I like having someone like for Roman, Roman can't beat Seth. I like for Becky, Becky just for some reason can't beat Bianca. And so I like that they kind of can tell that story down the line. And then maybe if they ever reverse roles with Bianca being the heel, Becky could be in the face, you can get that big victory finally. Um, but I think I think Bianca does walk away with the and remains the champion after this. I think it's gonna be hard for Bianca to ever be a heel, not to totally sidetrack. That's, that's I think true. That's, that's very really true. hard. It's like uh, Montez, a, <laughs> right? They they tried to give a little edge to the street profits, and it ain't working. They got um, more over. <laughs> they did. I know. Um, I am going to go Becky Lynch in this match. I think we uh, I think we see her win the title back. I don't know where we go after that. I don't know what that means for Bianca, but I think that Becky Lynch wins the title. Because I think we're headed towards a women's unification match, and I think that match feels bigger with Becky in it. So I think Becky wins the title on a big stage, and we 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 start heading that direction. Yeah. Um. You mentioned Montez, uh, Montez and Dawkins, Street Profits and the Usos. Will the Usos' reign come to an end at SummerSlam? I think they do. I think the Street Profits get the titles because of the fact that I think – okay, I got two options here. Now, I know we're I'm running a long time. I'm going to go through them quick. I think the That's Usos okay. – I think the Street Profits get the win clean, and then maybe like backstage we have a segment with Roman or something like that. I could also see Jeff Jarrett getting annoyed with the Usos and fast-counting the Usos, and the Street Profits win – and then, like, Roman can come down or Paul Heyman can come down and they can bully Jeff Jarrett or somebody to restart the match. The Usos get the win, pick the belts back up, whatever. But I think the, I think we will see 
the profits with the titles at some point at SummerSlam. So you're telling me that when all this happens, that the PBWF is going to come true and Jeff Jarrett's going to get a shot at Roman Reigns. <laughs> Maybe. Are you telling me that's what's going to happen? Maybe. <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. Um, no, I actually, I agree with you. I think the profits pick up the win here. I think it's a big time feel good. We didn't see this coming shocker win that the profits end up winning the titles here. I do. I, I I don't know what the fallout is with Roman and with Jarrett and all that kind of stuff. I think it's just a big enough shock that the profits end up winning probably some controversy. There might be a shoulder up since it was a special guest referee or, you know, what have you. Right. Um, But I do think the profits get the win here. I think, um, I think we're going to start to see quick. I just really quickly, I think yep. we're going to start to see some of the pieces of the bloodline start to crumble a little bit. Mm, Not like all at once, but I think we're going to start to see some cracks in the foundation at this point on. I can see that. I can certainly see that. All right. Our match of the night. Well, at least the one that we're looking forward to the most, the one that I'm going to be invested in the most, you called it. You said there's no way Corbin lose or wins this match. I'm with you. This is all Pat McAfee. This has yep. to be Pat McAfee. I think he hits a moonsault. I'm just going to throw that out there. I think Pat McAfee hits a moonsault or connects with the Swanton. <laughs> oh, yeah. He does one of those two things or both of those things. Or um, he gets a suicide dive. <laughs> man, I want to see that guy fly over the ropes into the outside. That would be amazing. Yeah. All right. The match with the most possibilities, most convolutedness, wide open Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. For the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, if you have to hedge your bets and you have to pick it, what are we picking? This is why I never go to Vegas because I'm sure I'm going to be a thousand percent wrong. But I think, and I don't think, I think Roman a thousand percent wins. I don't think Brock wins. I think Roman a thousand percent wins. This is a great way to have Brock lose without Brock being pinned correct um so i think roman wins. brock's been pinned brock... a lot by roman and all that kind of stuff yeah so i think roman wins brock is buried under something whatever happens roman celebrates in the ring theory's music hits theory is about to cash in the rock's music hits and the rock comes out comes down he beats up Theory, and then he goes face-to-face with Roman. And I think that's how we end the night. Maybe he gives the Usos a double rock bottom. Maybe he gives Roman a rock bottom. But I think I think I am hedging my bets. I bet at WrestleMania he was going to show up. I was wrong. I'm betting right now he will be at SummerSlam. Mm. I just feel like there's – there's not enough wow factor on SummerSlam this year. There right. needs to be something. Last year we got Brock and Becky. So like I feel like we're gonna have something yep. at the end of the night to get us talking. And I think okay, that's gonna be it. Don't steal my last question, but um <laughs> my I'm gonna <sighs> I'm not ready to say that the rock is gonna show up. Obviously, I hope that it happens. Right. Obviously, that would be I just said earlier how crazy I would go when Edge's music hits. You, you be sitting beside of me when Rock's music hits, and that you talk about somebody <laughs> I've never seen before. You be sitting beside of me when Rock's music hits and see what. Oh happens. my gosh! 
Woo. Um, I'm not ready to say that he's going to show up yet, but I think Roman wins. And I think because theory wins the U S title earlier, we don't get theory at the end. Something happens at the end. I might be Rollins instead of rock. I'd be fine with that. And um, it's just Rollins coming out to confront Roman. I don't know. I could see it being Cena as well. Maybe we do Roman Cena again at Saudi. Um, I just don't. Makes my sense. only concern with all this is I don't want Roman's title defenses to become repetitive. Yes, where he we wins, a new and somebody comes there. back. Well, and it's the same people you... that comes back. Exactly. <laughs> like right. I, you know, I think we need to have some new blood in there at some point. Um, but I, I, I definitely think the safest bet of the night is somebody at the end of SummerSlam, is, especially if Roman starts to cut a promo. Somebody at the end of SummerSlam is showing up. Okay, well, that gives me my last question here. Um, if somebody's going to show up, it doesn't have to be last. It can be throughout mm-hmm. the night. We've talked about oh, all gosh. these surprises. Gargano, Bray Wyatt, Charlotte, Sasha, blah, 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 Bailey, whatever, blah, blah, blah. If you had to pick one that's going to show up at SummerSlam, the one, besides Edge, you can't pick Edge because that one's way right. too obvious. Can't pick right. Edge. Who's the one you're picking is going to show up at SummerSlam? Um, the the one that I think most likely to show up is Bailey. Mm. I think it's like a foregone conclusion that Bailey shows up. Mm. The one that like would shock me the most would be the Fiend. Like if the Fiend sure. showed up, if, if these sure. vignettes were actually the Fiend all along, yeah. like that would. I might cry. Like, I know I passed out almost for Cody. I might just cry if The Fiend shows up. I'm going to go with my stamp of person I think that is definitely showing up. I'm going Charlotte Flair. I think it's it's time for her to come back. She didn't have yep. an injury. There's no clearance or anything. I think it's Charlotte Flair all day long. Now, whether it's Charlotte or whether it's Rhonda Liv that she shows up or she skips over to the other side. I mean, I know we've seen Becky and Charlotte to death, but I don't know which side she shows up. But, man, I'm going Charlotte Flair, but I am praying to the good Lord above that The Rock shows up. I'm praying that The Rock shows the up Rock the is, the night. The Rock is the one that I want the most. Yep. Like, yes, The Fiend would be cool. And like Cena would be awesome. Yep. But like the one that I I would love to see the most has to be Dwayne. Yep. Dwayne. Come on. Come on, Paul, aka Hunter. <laughs> Call up your buddy Dwayne. We need him Call to Dwayne. show up like yeah. now. Yes. All right, man. Uh, thank you all for hanging with us. We have gone long. We apologize, but my goodness, when the biggest news in wrestling history breaks, we kind of have to talk about it. And when yeah. we're going to the show on Saturday, we kind of have to talk about it. So yeah. uh, thank you guys for hanging with us. Give us your feedback at PBW podcast. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us your predictions, all those kinds of things. Uh, let us know if you think we're right, wrong. Um, we will be in Nashville for the show we're going to post pictures we'll post all those things big crew going with us and andy you know what that means 
SummerSlam post-show on Saturday night is going to be full of lots of fun personalities and opinions. Some yep. of them, um, it just might be interesting. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Especially if Austin I, Theory cashes in at the end of the night. Oh, if that happens, I, I already told you. If it happens, it's Starcade 97, but like, I think it's going to be worse than that for me. I, Ooh, man. I, I may be the guy that's going to rest if we're throwing something at somebody at some point. <laughs> Um, and my and Katie might be second because she literally every time Theory's music hits, she like throws something at the TV. She hates him so much, so she'll be there. She'll be ready to fight him too. That's funny. Post show is going to be interesting though. Lots of good personalities. Uh, we're going to try to get Katie to get a couple words in. Uh, Jared <laughs> is going to be with us. Uh, longtime friend of the show and co-creator of the show, Jason Bakowitz is going to be with us. And our buddy Levi Bachelor, who's been on here a time or two, he's going to be with us. So it's going to be Levi's first big event, Jason's first big event in a long time. Uh, first big event for Jared since last SummerSlam. Katie's first, first big event. event. First WWE event ever is SummerSlam. First WWE event for Katie. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yep. Her so, first wrestling show was the AEW show we went to oh, a couple months right. ago. That's right. I forgot. So, Man. I told her, I said, be- look, I was like, look enjoy SummerSlam, but when we go to like raw or smackdown don't expect <laughs> the don't same expect thing that. it's two right. it's two completely different worlds <laughs> so it's going to be a fun post show you are going to want to tune in for that for yeah. sure and that's going to be available on all of our platforms so make sure that you come check us out speaking of shows on all of our platforms do have a bit of housekeeping to let you guys know that starting next week yes starting next week our shows are going to move to Wednesdays from Thursdays. So uh, let's get ready for that. Um, I know I told you guys that a while back, some scheduling things have changed. Those things have changed again. So we are going to move our shows to Wednesdays. I know we're going to be a little behind as far as AEW is concerned. So our show will drop the day of Dynamite. Um, but that also gives us more time to be able to go into in depth on AEW stuff and really feel like we can have a good conversation and, you know, give kudos where we need to give kudos and give time where we need to give time and that sort of thing. So starting next week after our post show, so you get a post show next week from SummerSlam, you'll get week seven of pipe bomb wrestling federation. Do not forget about that. And then that'll all be on Monday. And then Wednesday will be our current product show where we will review the fallout for SummerSlam and we will talk about Fight for the Fallen, AEW, and then what is on tap coming up next week. Andy, anything else, man, before we sign off? No, not really. Just, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun week. Hopefully the wrestling world will stay calm for another week because I feel like 2022 has been the craziest year of wrestling ever. <laughs> wrestling news, at least, ever. Um, so it's hopefully everything can just kind of slow down for a little bit. No, bro, it's not going to do that. Are you kidding me? Like, in 2022, (laughs) in the wrestling world, here's what happened. Shane McMahon was let go. Cody quits AEW for WWE. Stone Cold, Vince McMahon, and Ric Flair all wrestled. Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor. MJF wants out of AEW. Sasha Banks and Naomi walk out. WWE is moving back to TV 14. Triple H is back in talent relations. Vince retires, and we're only in July. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think 
I think the next round of the news cycle will be Pritchard gone, Dunn gone. For sure. A couple other things. And then hopefully after that, we slow down. There's normally just like, like a rest period for wrestling, and there's not been one, I feel like, for like the last two years. We just need, I mean, I'm telling you, it's a global pandemic thing. We're finally back, and it's, it's pedal We're to back. the metal <laughs> for sure. <laughs> this is why we need a wrestling show every single day. So everybody like, subscribe, share, all of those things. Get those numbers up. Let's, let's, let's make some things happen, yo. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Make sure you subscribe and follow along all those fun things. For Mr. Andy York, my name is Chris Belcher. Thanks for hanging out with us on this edition of Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. We will catch you guys 